right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the No Laying Up podcast. Yes, this is Neil, uh, substitute teacher today. Happy Easter first off. Sally's uh, taking a couple days off, well earned, uh, so we hope to have him back soon. Seated here across the table from me, a couple prized pupils in class. TC, how are you? I'm good. Do you fashion yourself as, like, as Terry Gannon or Bill McAtee or... No, that's really? that. Yeah, that. You know, be, Nance's Nance's off this week. McAtee's handling shit in the booth. I always look at it like a local news thing. Good evening, Chris Solomon's off this evening. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I would. I would. Welcome that's, to ABC that's News. I'm praise. Neil Schuster. Well, that, that Chris used, Solomon is that off. That's Lester, Lester Holt. Holt and, yeah. and then Brian Williams, you know, detonated himself. But yeah, well, just don't make up any. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm going to let the people decide. <laughs> uh, I was going to hit him with an air horn, but I think I'm going to try to, you know, keep it <laughs> keep it between the rails to start tonight. DJ. How are you? I'm doing great. Jordan Spieth won, man. Exciting. I mean, that's exciting. I, I knew we were going to say it at some point soon. I didn't know when it was going to be. Uh, I believe, you know, TC and I, I think we've, we've really been keeping the faith. Yeah, people seem to think I'm I'm Mr. Uh, negativity or pessimism on, on the Spieth train. I, I do say, like, he's both the best player in the world and he stinks at the same time. Like, I think maybe they're, maybe they're, they're, I don't think they're mutually exclusive. That. Yeah. yeah, it's like he's he's like generationally good, but I, I want to get to all of this. Okay. There's a lot. To, there's a lot to unpack. Okay, I'm so uh, excited to talk about. I, I appreciate if you guys would raise your hands. And sure, sure, sure. Let's set that up first. Okay, <laughs> I got to keep control of uh, detention here. Uh, but first, TC, I have a question for you. Shoot, what if you could have one polo that does it all? I'd love that. Would you like tell, that? Tell me more. The perfect tailored date night polo. The perfect lightweight golf polo. The perfect elevated work polo. The perfect casual polo. The perfect polo for effortless style and sophisticated simplicity. As featured in GQ, the Zena, that's Z-I-N-N-A from Travis Matthew. That's one T in sure Matthew, it's not Zina? Is it Zena or Zena? Listen, <laughs> tomato, tomato. Seems like Zina. Zina. Okay. It's Z, well, let's. It's Z I N N A. Listen, tomato, tomato from Travis Matthew is that perfect polo, you know? And a couple of uh, purveyors of merch over here. I think your we, word should carry some weight. It, here. I think it should. Yeah. It's uh, the. Now you guys got me second guessing it. <laughs> it's the Zina. The Zina is the first and last polo Zina. you will ever need. Honestly, it checks all the boxes. Constructed with elevated fabrics that look, feel, and perform better than the average shirt. The Zina is Travis Matthews, that's Matthew with one T, most comfortable and versatile polo, which is saying a lot. It's available in nine colors, including the best-selling Heather Light Blue and Heather Gray. The Zinna is outfitted with enhanced stretch and wrinkle-resistant properties, making it an instant wardrobe staple. Versatile for work or for play, Travis Matthews' perfect polo delivers everything you need. Visit travismatthew.com today to experience the perfect polo, the Zinna, for yourself. TC? I've got a few of them in my closet. I do too. They're always a good go-to. I mean, I know that's yeah. what the whole it's ad a, read was, it's but it's, it's, you know, true business or pleasure situation. Exactly. That's what the versatility. Okay. Yeah. So with that, let's get to, you know, I, I don't want to say the main <laughs> event, but oh, he so has risen, right? Well, we have so much to talk about today. We've got the, we've got the Augusta National Women's Am. We've got the ANA. We've got Spieth. We've got all sorts of other nonsense. Um, so I don't, I don't think anything's getting short shrift. I think if anything, we're starting with a good thing and then it's only going to ramp up because I'm most excited to talk about Augusta 
National Women's Am. I'm excited to hear about it. We've yeah. asked TC not to tell us. He was about on it. site. He was on say. site yeah. yesterday. I was embedded. Um, so we want to get the, the boots on the ground perspective. But first, <laughs> shout Spieth, out to Brian Williams. We don't want to, you know, bury the lead. Spieth wins by two over Charlie Hoffman at the Valero Texas Open. I think we should open up with an excellent question. Um, or the, question te- the from, Texas Valero Open, as, uh, as, as Azinger as, called it. As Zinger said, yeah. yeah. Don't confuse me. Which one? It's, I said it. Valero, right. Texas. Okay, you nailed you. it. Come on, guys. You're killing Zina. me. It's like students are taking over the class already. Unbelievable. I so, can't wait. I'm trying to think of some some of my favorite substitute teacher. Uh, well, you know, just... Who's saying that back there? <laughs> Who is that? <laughs> hey, Pipe, come on, guys. Didn't Randy substitute teacher? Yes. <laughs> and you got, I think he got run over like a freight train. Uh, so Toombs Norman, what's Spieth Island real estate? What's the Spieth Island real estate market look like these days? Hot. Hot, 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 hot. It is an absolute seller's market on Spieth Island. This is where I think we, this is what we were trying to get into before the, the Zina ad read was, uh, you know, I, I think that you, you could kind of see, it was a weird thing with Spieth where you could kind of see around the corner that like, listen, this guy is way too talented. First, I, I think there were a lot of converging things. One, it probably wasn't as bleak as, you know, people were led to believe. Well, and then like, the fact that he was hurt too. The fact that he about. had an injury going on. But what I said, what I mean by, you know, it wasn't quite as bleak was, you know, it's not like he was missing every single cut. It's not like he was shooting 85. He was still, he just wasn't really contending. And so it was kind of clear or, or fairly clear, I think, that it was going to come back around at some point. The guy was way too talented. And I think that's what I kept preaching. Was, were there a couple dark moments where it was like, I don't know, maybe he should maybe view some other instructors. Maybe he should maybe try some other things. Yes, of course. So the, I'm sure there were things said. Uh, luckily, I don't think anyone can ever go back and listen to any old podcast. So who Emotions could possibly say? Emotions ran high. Emotions ran high. That's well said. Uh, but the point being, I think, you know, for, for most of the people on this podcast, I think it was stick to your guns. It's going to come back around. Truly, in the truest sense, trust the process. And, you know, we, we saw that uh, bear out today. The people that were adamant that, you know, he, like he was on this magical, almost lucky run, right? That he had found this form or that he could never quite recapture. Like that, that never really resonated for me because it just seemed like, you know, the totality of his work for, I mean, because really how long was his, his main kind of peak stretch? Like 24, 13 to 2017, say like three, 2016. Like, like the balance of, 2017. You have to throw the the open in there. Well, tw- yeah. So it's like the, he, so it's yeah. like three or four full seasons here, right. right? Yeah. And we're not. Yeah. So like, it's hard to like. You can't just smoke and mirrors it for three or four full seasons. It'd be um, one thing if the guy went out and and won three majors in in 15 months or something like that. And and but to me, it's like the the balance of what he did and the fact that like he's so he's greater than the sum of his parts. That's the best way to describe him, in my opinion. And so when, you know, those parts aren't working in symphony with each other, it just, there's going to be like, it's not that greater than the sum of its parts isn't going to happen. Well, his, his game feels like it's almost built for slumps a little bit because he hits it all over the yard anyway and just gets out of trouble. So he's, it's kind of like if anybody can bounce back from it, it feels like, you know, Spieth was going to, plus he puts the putter, he puts the lights out. Well, this he, felt he like. Rolls his rock. A true, a true <laughs> Easter performance. <laughs> yeah. A true Easter performance today. Uh, yeah. Shout out to West Bryant. <laughs> This felt shout like Jay Z. This of felt course. like something that, like, his baseline, where it's not like he drove it exceptionally well. He he 
you know. It was great to see him find it today off the tee, though, because he started off really shaky. It was very wobbly. And then it was kind of like he snapped in yeah. around six or seven. It was like, okay, I, I've, you could tell. He was like, I got it. I'm going to hit this cut. Well, how about the fact that he, again. The, he's walking off the first tee wondering whether his driver's cracked or not? He's talking to the rules official about whether there's a visible crack and if he can replace it. And they're, they've got a backup on standby. I mean, it was. And he had to leave it with the. Scoring, not good vibes. Apparently, he had to leave it with the scoring yeah. table because a, a fan or a. You know, someone from his team isn't allowed to bring it out. That was a rule I didn't know anything about. But, but that was very, uh, you know, I didn't know if that was one of those omens that was. Yeah. Like, oh, you know what? Maybe this is a good thing. You know, if, if Speed well, can't hit his driver today. As somebody who's shot his best round ever without a driver, I was kind of like, oh, this is shaping up to be a very interesting. <laughs> well, it could have been the best because it seems like he's automatic with that three wood. Yeah. Right now yeah. off the tee. And it seems like judging from this weekend, just being, you know, under the gun, trying to put together there's some pretty nervy driving holes around there like we can get to the course later but it seems like he's super comfortable hitting a cut or hitting a hitting a fade off the tee and holes that move right to left it seems like he's having a problem with which is i think is going to be interesting for augusta yeah because it's like his, he's got that left miss lurking under the surface it seems like yeah it seems like the difference is you know way off that left side at Augusta is a lot different than way off the left side at this golf course. You know, totally. it's like there's a, a lot more, you can get away with a lot more at Augusta seemingly. Yeah. Right. So I've got a, I got a couple questions for you. Well, before we get there, yeah. there was just in case I forget to, to lay it out. There were a couple things that, that really stood out to me about this week, particularly first one was a, a stat from Justin Ray. Of course, we're going to pillage all of Justin Ray's stats per usual. Everyone should follow him, read all the great stuff he does. I think he's doing more master stuff this week, but uh, he said Spieth gained 12.89 strokes on the field T to green this week. Uh, his most over 72 holes in any of his PJ tour victories. So that bodes well the guys hitting it. He's hitting it nice, man. I mean, it's, it's not all smoke and mirrors and Oh my gosh, how did I happen to make par from there? He, for the most part, is hitting it great. And the second thing was, uh, quote, reading through his transcript afterwards, uh, a quote that stuck out to me was, uh, when I would have really, when I would have really maybe started to freak out and change swing fields, instead I stuck to my guns and said, what I'm doing is the right thing. Let's just try to figure out what we've got. And he had, like, some really good stuff in his post-round press conference today about, like, just, you know, he talked about it in the in the immediate interview after just this like lightness of just listen we're not going to freak out let's just let's just step into the ball and like make it work man if that means we got to hit a massive cut here to feel comfortable if we got to hit a massive draw if we've got to do some weird he said you know we've, we've got to do some weird bubba stuff to just get it to point b like that's fine but let's just do it we're in total control and i thought that was he, he fully embraced this week or seemed to fully embrace kind of that idea of like, hey, man, I've, I'm a very talented guy and I'm just going to go figure it out and it's going to be totally fine rather than being a lot more stuck in that swing thought, golf swing kind of thing that we've seen him in the last, you know, the last couple months where he's played great on Thursdays, Fridays, even Saturdays, and then under the gun it gets a little anxious and a little, a little tight and the putts don't go in. And today just kind of felt a lot more like chilled out, trusted, like, Very yeah, I'm just going to, I'm going to go fucking win. Because that's what I do. Putts. Yeah, I mean, some of the putts he hit on the stretch. The biggest moment for me was the the up and down on seventeen yesterday, on Saturday. Yeah, was <laughs> that was one of the filthiest shots I've ever seen in my entire life. That was like so. So I was driving back from Augusta, and we were listening on on PGA Tour radio. Shout out to Earl Forsey and all the boys, Carnival, yeah, uh, all, all the hitters, all, yeah. all the hitters. And uh, I mean, they Dennis they Paulson. were they were they were mind blown at 
at how good that shot was. And then, yeah, between that and also, like, it's, it feels like he just, he rose to the moment and also it felt like he, he kind of convinced himself, hey, this was the Valero Texas Open. Because I think even if this w- were the, you know, at Riviera or Pebble or somewhere like that, it felt like this was a little bit of, I know there were fans there, which felt, I, was, I loved watching because it seemed like the, the crowd was really into it. That was a nice, nice addition. You know, it felt like it was lower stakes than some of the tournaments prior to, you know, just because of the field and all that, um, which I think is a good thing. It was truly like a warm-up event for him. I don't think, I don't feel like he, he blew his stack with a week before Augusta. Almost like the old school uh, Bell South days. Yeah. When that used to be the tournament out uh, up at Sugarloaf in Atlanta, and those guys would all use that as a warm-up for Augusta. Uh, but DJ, that the quote you just brought up about speed after the round, that's, that, I love it when he says stuff. Like, that's so totally. relatable. It's like, that's exactly what I do in the middle of a round. I'm like, this swing feels not working. Put it in the trash. Next. It's garbage. Throw it out. We're, we're on to the next one. Yeah, let's, go, let's go with that one where it feels like I'm getting a little more upright. That was working on the range, right? Yeah, yeah. That worked like six months ago. Let's just go there. That's why, like, it's he, so, and then he fucking wins the tournament. Yeah. Like, it's unbelievable. Do you think people, like, you think certain people don't like him because he's too raw to watch or he makes you feel almost vulnerable where you don't want to watch something of yourself of, you yeah, know what? I know that feeling. I don't man. think there's a lot of people who don't f- like him though. I think the people who don't like him don't like him because he's probably a little too, too like vocal. Captain America, yeah. captain of the football team, kind of all American kid type of guy, you know, I, yeah. which I, I could, I, I, I don't know. I guess sympathize with. He's obviously my favorite player, so I don't really feel but, that way, but, but I could act, see it. He doesn't act invincible, though. No. Right? Like, no, he's in so a way vulnerable. That, like, like, you know, Brooks can do where it's like, right. yeah, I'm, you know, like, I'm an athlete. Not a, Like, he doesn't do that. He's very vulnerable. Well, thinking about, by his standards, playing like shit for the last two or three years, I can't think of a single instance where he's let it boil over or yeah. he's been really shitty to somebody other yeah. than, you know, I, I've demanded a couple apologies <laughs> for, to myself and Greller for some of his, you know, some of his that's, conversations with Greller on the course, but that's, that's part of the club, process. That's, that's club selection. Yeah. No, like just, fr- you know, freaking out on a, per- on, a, on, on a member of the media or getting extra pissy and around. He, he, certainly he, he can whine about getting certain breaks here or there, but it's never anything that leaves the golf course. Yeah. Do you guys see Spieth over the last three, three and a half years in this, we'll call it a drought or a slump? Do you see any, do you think it was worse than what Ricky's going through now? Or because he was at a higher level? Or do you think Ricky is deeper into the wilderness? I think it gives him the blueprint to come. He has the blueprint for how to come back or how to get back to there. Whereas Ricky's never been Ricky's there. never been there. Yeah, I, I think. But you would say, Rick, I mean, Ricky's fallen off from his peak, right? So do you think he's fallen off farther than Spieth did from a higher peak? I haven't really checked the the numbers as far as like miss, missing cuts and what your you know strokes gained or doing and all that stuff. But it, anecdotally, it definitely seems like Ricky's farther off. But I think what's interesting about the Spieth thing and and probably would extend to the Ricky thing too is you know I was talking to Solly about this a little bit today and and just kind of what his you're his ba- take on it was. Him on his day yeah, no, come on, no, man. no, no. Actually, quick side note on that: Solly's taking like like three days off in the last, like, you know, everybody takes days off, but like three very specific, like, Hey man, I I just, I need to check out. My parents are in town. Uh, can you take over the Twitter account? Like that doesn't happen very much. And the days that it happens are always spectacular. The best shit happens. (laughs) I remember it was the day that Kessler punched that fan, uh, at the president's cup. And we've like got the 
exclusive, like first, you know, first report on it. Like all that should happen when Solly's like at a Christmas party with his wife or something. Uh, the speed thing happens today. There was one other instance. I can't remember what happened, but there was one where he was, I think he was, he was on vacation somewhere. <laughs> like when he was living in Europe, when Miguel and El Jimenez and Keegan <laughs> got into a fight. Nah, that was at Harding Park. Uh, no. So he was texting me just like, fuck, I can't believe I'm, I can't believe I missed this. Blah, 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 blah. But he, he pointed out a lot of, a lot of really good stuff about, you know, just everybody can roll their eyes at like the team and the process and all that stuff. But there were so many people calling for Spieth to just blow it up, start over, fire this guy, yeah. go see this coach, do this, get a new caddy, yada, yada, yada. And Spieth just like, to his massive credit, stuck to his guns, stuck with the guys that, you know, they got him there. That made him the best player in the world and was like, no, let's all figure this out together. And that's. It's pretty impressive and commendable, and and he had some, especially contrast that with, you know, we're going to talk about. That's what I was going to say we're going to talk about the ANA, but contrast that with Lydia Ko, you know, just blowing up the ship a couple times and going through eight a caddies in a season, times. and yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just it's it's crazy, man. So it, I think there's a lot to take away there. I think uh, Spieth had some like in a classy way, some kind of pointed, almost sub sub tweet kind of comments after the fact, where he's like, "Yeah, I work," you know. My my swing guys, who's a world class instructor, and it was it was just kind of middle finger to like, yo, everybody that like thinks they know what's up, just shut up. Yeah, yeah. All right, a couple of uh, questions for today. Most impressive aspect of his victory? I think for me, it was kind of that quote, right? It was it was, you know, making he obviously made a couple birdies early too, but you know when the driver gets squirrely, it was not like. There was never like the, you know, everything is fucked dude moment. Yeah. It was just very pretty calm. Let's just do what we got to do to get in the fairway. And he stuck to the driver and, and turned that around. And it was just impressive how he was able to kind of, you know, just stay calm, I guess, right? That yeah. Especially not being in that situation a ton. I mean, I know he has the last couple of weeks or last couple of months. He's done it a couple more times. But to your point, John, I, I wonder how much of that has to do with you know the the stage and the stakes and and having it be the Valero Texas Open versus Riviera versus the players or versus you know something like that. Uh, I would say for me it goes back to Saturday. The um, kind of a just not a whole lot going on at the start of the round. There was a weather delay, and then uh, bogeyed four. I mean four is a tough hole. Like four is like you know four hundred and ninety five yard par four. He went right both. Saturday and Sunday there, but he was one over through eight holes on, on Saturday. And then birdies nine and shoots 31 on the back. And to me, that felt like, you know, things easily could have, he could have gotten left in the dust. Um, and some guys are, you know, like Charlie Hoffman had started playing his ass off, just came out of nowhere. What a, what a um, Charlie Hoffman played awesome. We'll get. We're gonna get to him. Next. Yeah, that was, he deserves a a, a bit of airtime here. But I thought that was that was a good gut check. And then you know, get, like getting back to the birdie on seventeen, or even even the shot that he hit. I mean, you know, like that. It's a weird set of par threes out there at yeah. TPC San Antonio. Like Shout out to sixteen. A couple mega long <laughs> ones, and um, yeah, the one with the with the bunker in the middle of the green. Uh, but like third, not a black sand bunker. No, it's not though. a black sand bunker. Thirteen's like two hundred and thirty yards, and yeah. he hit one to you know fifteen twenty feet and missed the putt. But to me, that that was when it felt like all right, this is this is real. Like he's he's hitting the shit out of his irons and he's and he's playing. Yeah, it wasn't playing just wedges. Win. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, we've gotten best shot from TC. Best shot, Deej, from today or this week from Spieth. 
I mean, it's obviously the wedge on 17. Getting it yeah. up and down on 17 yesterday on Saturday was the one mind blowing. Yeah, and and how casually he he he, ex, he almost expects that. Like, oh yeah, I got this in the bag. The one he had a three wood into 18 uh, Saturday. I actually I caught that. I was like, oh my. And, and it seemed like he and Matt Wallace were dueling a little bit. Mike, uh, excuse me, Mike. Um, all right, but I, more, I, I would say I was really impressed with his his tee shot on eighteen today. Yeah, you know, I, I've never been yeah. to that golf course. I don't know how snug that is, but I know like when you've got the two way miss going. <laughs> as much as I can relate my game to his, which is very, 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 very little, but uh, you know, when you've got a little bit of like this driver could go either way, that having the the road and the trees up the left uh, is not a good feeling. And so just putting that ball in the fairway was was really impressive. I think going back to, you've got some doubt. Like he shot 67 on on Thursday, and then which you were sweating a little bit because you had the first round leader. I thought that looked really good. Jordan <laughs> Spieth to be first round leader was looking good for about Deej had a tough Thursday. 12 hours. And then, yeah, we'll get to that later. And then second round, <laughs> shoots 70. And so I think... Like that was like why for me Saturday was such a big gut check, yeah, for him right where you know hey I'm asserting myself and I'm I'm ready to roll this weekend. All right, good good question from uh, just Chris A on Twitter. Will Jordan wear the boots to the Champions Dinner? <sighs> we might need to discuss the Valero Texas Open's uh, boots policy. Also, giving boots to the winner and and making him put them on right then and there. Like yeah, hey, hey, you're no you're check putting it out. on right now. I, like, I they, would they love to see us like just a total. Non-Texas city slicker. There's been some. Oh, there's been some great ones. I'm trying to think of like who some of the past champions are. I know didn't Bodich win there? Bodich had like the big cowboy boots, which was <laughs> great. Think, no, Corey, Con- Corey Connors. Yeah, won. Yeah, you know, in 2019. You know, I think Bodich is a is a Dallas guy now, but I don't think he, I don't Texas. think he grew up as a cowboy. Correct. Uh, but I I actually this was kind of a weird one, but I I did want to give you know Valero's been the I I don't know fucking anything about the Valero Texas Open. Well, hand ninety ninth year of it, Mister Two Fifty Four. I know. Shout out to TA Three. I know about the, yes, yeah, sure. Like I, I know about the Texas Open and kind of like the macro, the macro sense, right? Like there's it's long history of this event, but like the Valero Texas Open at the AT and T Oaks Course, it's like, no longer the AT and T Oaks Course. They not pay the sponsorship <laughs> anymore, just the Oaks Course. Yeah, just the Oaks. Yeah. Course. But like you know what I mean? Like I don't know anything about this modern Valero Texas Open. Never went to it. Never been to the course and. It kind of always was like top of mind for me as what's the worst event on the PJ Tour for a <laughs> yeah. long time. And so it's just, it's so out of their control. But I always like when a, a fairly long term sponsor gets a good week like this, right? Yeah. That it's like, man, there's nothing we could have done, but like we, we really needed a bounce to go our way. And it's like, hey, Speed's first win back. Good good for you guys. And we could talk about the shout out course. All, similar I, to the John Deere when Speed won his first yeah, event. Right? I have a, like, I want to make a mea culpa. Like it kind of overcoming. Almost discrimination against TPC Overcoming courses. Overcoming adversity. <laughs> like I, the, the minute I see TPC in the name, I'm kind of immediately like, no. The minute I, you I'm see not, the TPC, what is it? TPC. I don't even. TPC San Antonio. TPC San Antonio. The Oaks Course. You see, it's no, it used to be too. literally called the AT and T Oaks Course. It's, well, it does. Yeah, that's, that's my point. Say, no, it I'm with you. Give you a I'm good vibe. Yeah. And, but I never. That was a total. You know, read the name and just like like that. Oh, that place sucks. Yeah, and yeah. that's that's unfair because I was was very intrigued watching golf the last two days. I guess that's a much shorter version of what I was trying to say yeah. is I don't think I've sat down. Like I watched every, every shot today. Yes. That's beef hit. And I haven't done that for the Valero Texas yeah. open. And I always thought the course. So, sucked, hey, listen, hand up. That's on us. There were a couple <laughs> pretty cool holes out there. Yeah. I remember when they used to couple this, weird holes. This yeah. event at, at, uh, at the uh, La Cantera 
where they had the roller coaster. Like, yes, I Six Flags, was <laughs> I, which I think so is where like, that was. It was there forever. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so, all right, going back, I think to the point of like worst tournament on the PGA Tour thing. Past champs include Adam Scott, Zach Johnson won back to back years, oh eight and oh nine. Uh, you've got Jimmy Walker, Charlie Hoffman. Now Spieth, runners up. You've got Brooks, Reed, Spieth, Rory, Anthony Kim. This is so Justin Rose. This is so selective. No, you, oh, I know. You're skipping oh, Robert Gamez, no, Eric I, Axley. No, I'm uh, right there with you. Like you know, it's it doesn't ben have a Curtis. great because it's always bounced around on the schedule and it's just it's 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 one of what four, five, six events in Texas. Yeah, which doesn't help that they run together. There's a lot of golf in Texas. There that many? There's just three. Byron Nelson, Colonial. This one, uh, Houston, this one Houston, Austin, Austin, at least four. There's, that's five, that's five right yeah. there. All right, Could proceed. Yeah. You know, I think it's it, and it's bounced around a little bit on the schedule. You know, and I, f- I feel like when I watch it too, it was really gray there today. Mm-hmm. When I watch it, I always feel like it's kind of, it's kind of gray and it's it's real, relatively early in the season and there's that that kind of Texas scrub oak and kind of dusty looking and they've got the tan hospitality yeah. tents, which is yeah. a weird look. <laughs> And, but you know what? The more and more I watch it, I, I, I don't know if it's a good course, but I, I'm really intrigued by it, and I want to go play it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the, the hole that um, stuck out to me was, like, number nine. Cool green. God, the, no bunkers, and it, it looked like a just like a volcano hole, you yeah. know, sit, sitting up. And those guys were, if they, you know, one or two yards too far, they're down that hill with a with a touchy chip. 17's right? cool, too. Yeah. yeah. There's some there's some cool uh sh- like short-ish medium. You called like, out some some cool bunkers like out like cut out of the rock. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's cool geology. Nine. Yeah. Yeah. Again, so. I know I know we'll get to this too, but clearly a second shot golf course. Yes. You know, very speedy. I would say a, very bodes it was well a ball for next week. Fiesta. It was. Um I, before we move on to cuz I want to talk about Charlie Hoffman. I want to ask you guys, I've been looking forward to asking this. What was the most speedy moment or shot? <laughs> Of today or this not week. even the, close. The layup, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Greller, shout out to Greller talking to you know trying to talk him into going for it. Appreciated that. Uh, Come on, what, no, no walk, walk. Well, there was just a great, a great, great moment where Jordan asked the absolute right question, which was, "Does does this three would take bogey out of play?" And there was a great pause. Greller, yes. And, and George's like, okay, there, no, it's what's, eight iron. It's eight iron. What's Greller supposed to say? Like the pause right, no, said exactly, it all, right? Exactly. Like, he, he, he's not going to plant a negative for thought sure. in his head, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, and then what, what then, do I say? And then he what's hits the it. Answer? Like it was such a weird decision to so hit any, the well, eight iron yeah. up to up, up the left. There was a dual fairway, and there's a creek down the middle, and up the left side. I I guess that he can go as kind of as far left as he wants, but there's. It's a shitty angle into that pin. It was tucked behind this mound on the left side, whereas you can just because and a few guys did the same thing. Where like they laid up up the left, and then which I didn't really understand, but it worked out. He hit a brilliant wedge shot in there. Um, it just seemed like a shitty angle versus like going going down the right well, just, side. God, it seemed like he hit it seventy yards left of of where he was yeah. looking off the off the face. I don't think wanted, it was quite that to take bad. That but, water. He's yeah. like, I just want to cross the water. Get give me over the water. My I think my the moment for me. Uh, there was a um, on the front nine. He's talking to Greller, and they they were on him for like 15, 20 seconds, and it just summed up their relationship. Where Spieth literally didn't stop talking, and I counted. Greller said three words, <laughs> and I was just thinking, like, I'd love to see like a, a pie chart or something of their round and how many words Spieth says and how much like how much Greller speaks. And it's just like he just his job is just like 
just active listening. Which active listening? It's unbelievable. All up, up and down every fairway. He's just talking. <laughs> Michael, Michael, this, Michael, that. My God, Michael, that is keys. that's on me. Michael, here's what I was thinking. Here's what I thought that I thought, but I didn't really think that. Which I think going back to you know why do some people not like him? I'm sure that rubs a lot of people the wrong way. As yeah. as for the three of us who like <laughs> when there's nobody playing behind us, yeah. I will say are are happy to be like the slowest players on the golf course. It's the just year like of the process. It's so fun. Nothing makes me nothing. Oh. I, I never. Never have more fun on the golf course than when I'm like partners with one of you two, and it's just like, all right, which which blade of grass are you looking at right there? Because I think if we started on that one, and we finish it on that one. I think that's the play. How about sixteen? It's like you're thirteen over through 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 fifteen holes. How about sixteen down the stretch? I think that the lead was down to one at that point, or no, it was it was two, and then Hoffman chipped in, uh, birdied sixteen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or I'm thinking chipping was earlier. Yeah, so 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 Hoffman or put so, it in from off the green. I think. Yeah. So Spieth. You know, the, the wind is blowing. The wind had stopped, but they thought they knew it was up there. And Mike's like, yo, just just stall, man. <laughs> like, just yeah. don't hit just it. Just wait. Just, just wait. Just don't hit it. And then they're, but they're back and forth on all these clubs. They end up switching to another club. Speed hits it. And then just trying all sorts of body, yeah, body English to, to, you know, get it to go that, that extra. And it, and it took a, it took a nice hop on the, on the first bounce on the green. But all right. So, uh, got to ask the question. You know, people people want to ten know. to one Masters prediction. What do you guys think for Spieth? Did think, he peak? Did he peak a week early? I think Leash is going to win. I think Spieth comes in top top three. Okay, Deej. All right. So I I think that first of all, no, I don't think he peaked early like that. <laughs> I, anybody? I, of I course, you know why I got asked. No, that, of right? course, and I respect you asking it. But it's uh, it's one of the. Of course, I don't know anything about winning on the PJ Tour, but you know. Like, man, would you rather win or lose? Like, I think he'd probably rather win. I think that's only a good thing. And I think what he has going in his favor is a couple things. One, the type of golf course he won on is, you know, somewhere he's got his irons awesome. I think he's got great validation for a lot of what he's doing. Again, if you read through the transcript from from this week, I think he was focused on a lot of areas where he, he was psyched about the fact that he regressed a lot through the week and he still got everything out of it. He, he knows what he needs to tighten up knows what he needs to sharpen up like you know I thought that was really interesting to read and then two I mean I think like all you can do when you're when you're trying to like pick a winner for these things again not that I pick a lot of winners when <laughs> Neil we can ask you about well, that listen uh but when you uh when you're trying to pick a winner it's like all you can do is pick a guy who's you know likely to be in contention and then whether it goes their way or not is kind of a, a crapshoot it's like dude who the hell else do you think is going to be in contention right now the guy who yeah plays so freaking well on this golf course. He's hitting his irons so good. That's the the calling card of this golf course. It's all about local knowledge. It's all about a past experience, all those things. It's like, yeah, of course he's going to be up there. I don't know if he's going to win, but I think I, I feel like finishing in the top 10 is a pretty pretty good bet, right? I mean, it, he sure. just seems like he's going to be right it there. better be for a guy that's 10 to 1. <laughs> right. Uh, I, I think too, I think it's going to be him and Bryson. I think it's going to be a true... I'm so excited for this Masters. That's, I think There's a prediction. That's what I'm looking for. That's what I was... I don't know if I said that on the pod or I if I said that elsewhere. Leash and... No, I liked yours, but he, he's coming with the, you know, yeah. people hear Bryson's name. It's gonna. It's almost like I just hit Ooh. the uh, the Ooh. air horn. I, I think didn't it, have to hit the air horn. I think, I think also, it's going to be an absolute good versus evil, maybe one of the the biggest like dichotomy majors that we've had. We don't have a lot of like head to head, you know. I guess Troon, Phil, and, and Stenson, but yeah, nobody. I don't think you know that, that doesn't really stir your Phil. Of course, gets the people going, but Stenson doesn't really stir a lot of people's passions. Whereas I think. Bryson and Spieth, I think it's going to be a very like line in the sand. Who's 
Pick Very your divisive. size. Yeah. Whose side are you on? Two different styles of golf. Science I think versus literature and history. I, well, but then I think, I think it's gonna be a water a watershed major. Science versus the arts. I think exactly. Uh, exactly. You guys think that? I think then the treadstone operative is gonna come in and just pour cold water on it all. <laughs> well, going back to, I think. Yeah. Um, oh man, that could have been a ton of fun. <laughs> this guy just came in and ran away with it. Speed doesn't can't lay though. For, that's Patrick can't lay for those that don't. So understand. you get credit for your prediction. Yeah. Uh, Speed doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that's that. Like the tank is is running low right now. It seems like he's he's vibing, excited he to play golf, like he's, excited to get going. He's excited risen. to yeah. Like he's not tired from the process of bringing himself back up. It seems like he was tired maybe three four months ago when he wasn't seeing the results yet, and then now it's like yo, I'm ready to I'm ready to fucking well, roll. I think a lot of this has to do with uh, again we're projecting so much that uh, onto <laughs> of course him and his process and his team and all that stuff, but. I think it also has to do with the fact that it's the Valero Texas Open and the fact that he's Jordan Spieth, right? And he's won 12 times, and it's not like he needs to, you know, it's not like this was a life-changing win for him. Yeah. Like, he's going to go back, and he's going to, you know, I'm sure he's going to celebrate respectfully with it, with his team, and, and he's going to really enjoy it, but it's not like this was a life-changer. Oh, my God, I won on the PGA Tour, blow it out, media requests. This is going to totally derail my next four days. It's like he's going to just... I think he's just going to shut it down and roll into Augusta. Yeah. He's going to go celebrate respectfully. <laughs> Drink responsibly. Uh, he took the pledge. <laughs> and he took the pledge. Took, we know he's not he, driving. He took the pledge. I'm, yeah. just, I'm just looking back at his record, too, to see if he's got any kind of back-to-back style wins. I mean, that whole 2015 felt like it was just back to but just like a hot at the crap table. True well, <laughs> that's that's probably the one that that like speaks the most. Was 2015? That was that was St Andrews too when he lost mm-hmm. uh, was, when he was a, yeah. like a, a shot shy of the playoff. He had won the the John Deere the week before mm. and then flew overseas, you know, to St Andrews and finishes a shot out of the playoff. So that should answer any that that should quell any anything any doubts there. I will also say first win since he got married. How about that? that? That's got to be kind of a. You know, a cool thing for him to celebrate with that with, newfound perspective. Exactly. With his wife. I think and, the the stat okay. everybody's gonna be looking for. I think the last person to win. I don't remember which win of his it was, but the last person to win the week before the Masters and then week the Masters, a week of the Masters was Phil uh, winning the Houston Open and then yeah. going and win the Masters too. So that was like 2010, I think. All right. Well, you know, I hope this was. You know, a celebration cathartic for you guys to see. Uh, I think we kept it classy, though. Yeah, I think you did, too. Well, and I you think you, you kind of were trying him. to stunt, uh, <laughs> spike the football a little bit at the beginning, but I think I think it was classy. I would encourage people, I don't want, you know, I don't want, this isn't me talking, this is just whispers that I'm, I'm hearing, but, you know, the guy rises on Easter Sunday. We've had Solly, one of his close disciples, deny him publicly. <laughs> two, <laughs> maybe three two times. Two, possibly three times with both, you know, the draft and then what, pick. The, the crow. Then we heard the crows at Jack's Beach. Icarito, Icarito. Yeah. And when you hear that crow, I mean, you know, you know, Char- you're in trouble. Charlie Hoffman kind of has some Barabbas vibes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> going back to the real estate question. To answer the question, I think it's uh, hopefully the 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 newcomers. Like we've been paying property taxes here for a while. Uh, you know, we're on the board of the HOA. All that, like. I just hope the neighborhood doesn't change. Act up, you know, don't act up. Yeah. Right. Don't change the culture of the neighborhood. You're not going to be the guy telling people they can't, you know, paint their mailbox a certain color, are you, though? We're going to have, you know, what we're going to have no, is no, Neil, I'm, Neil, you know, lucks into a little bit of dough with his 
with his Jordan Spieth pick, he's going to come in and start, you know, new money, nouveau so, riche. I'm going to park gonna, my boat in the front yard, <laughs> He's going to come into the neighborhood. Somebody's going to flip him a house. Exactly. Yeah. What's wrong with my boat? You don't like my boat? What's wrong with my RV? This all hits home because there's, there's some big fights going on in my neighborhood right now about people painting houses and all sorts of stuff like that. Does the RV guy move his... It doesn't, isn't he still parking out in the front yard? He's got 24 hours. 36. Oh. 36, yeah, 36 yeah. where he can't, but that thing's a beast. Lowell's cool, too. Uh, no, I, I will <laughs> say. Shout out to Lowell. I will say there's a lady that down the street, Peggy, that she speeds like crazy, and there's like 15 kids on our That's street. That's not good. I'm like, Peggy, like, you know, and she we, yeah. she told me off the other day. So we're, really? we're in a war of words. I'd love right to now. get love to maybe get her on the trap draw. You guys can hash <laughs> yeah. that out. All right, let's talk. I want to talk a little Charlie Hoffman. I mean, a true horse for the course here at uh, TPC San Antonio. Hasn't missed a cut. Uh, after today, five top fives, seven top tens, 12 top, 20, uh, top 25s. Unfortunately, uh, going into the tournament, ranked 111th in the world. So he will not be, as I understand it, will not be at the Masters. I think he had to win to, uh, to get in. Which is, right. which is a bummer for the first round. Charlie leader. Hoffman, five under. Yeah. Also, I want to so shout, out, out, I want to shout out PGA Tour instagram they've had some good like infographics yeah they have one on this and then i got another one with cam tringali that we'll talk about in a minute but you you gotta sift through a lot of bullshit you do and that's that's so but i want to praise progress it's like hey i would like the more informative stuff but that's probably not you know growing the game they leaned in heavily on mlb opening day this week (laughs) it was tough uh Uh, thoughts on charlie hoffman well i think it kind of has to start with the fact that he shot 75 in the first round and didn't have to, I think he had to birdie his last hole maybe on Friday to make the cut, if I'm remembering correctly, and ends up playing in the last group. I, I, he's one of those guys that, you know, the, the telecast shapes your, this is the whole keeper of the takes thing. The, the telecast shapes your view on everything. And there's a lot of Charlie Hoffman toiling in obscurity that we haven't seen over the last two years. Sure. But when he's flushing it, holy shit. It's like, fun to watch. Yeah. I said that to you today. The way he just, it's almost like a slingshot like coming I'm, out of I'm there. I'm guessing like, it doesn't always look like that, but what it looked like today was like, whoa, well, he is. But he did have the chloroform ball working a little bit. Flushing the ball. Like the quick left. Yeah. But he gets that like right arm through it and his, you know, he's got that kind of abbreviated follow through. the shit out of his body. It's a, it's a yeah, fun man. to watch golf swing. And he hits it pretty deep. Yeah, he gets, he's just flying speed. He it gets drippy impressive. with the putter. Yeah. Like when he's on, he's streaky. When he's on, he's. It feels like he has he has a tough time running into buzz saws a little bit though. He's like, got four like, wins. Yeah, I mean, what a but good, you know, great like, career. and I guess he he's faded a little bit of the gusta. So that's why it's interesting he's not going to be there because to see a guy kind of heat up this week, almost like speed. He might be kind of microwavey. Yeah, you know that might be what you see Thursdays, Fridays at Augusta. Yeah, I think he he heats up quick. But even through Saturday, I mean, he's usually he usually fades on Sunday. Yeah, at least recently at he's Augusta. won he's won at a pretty wide variety of courses. He's won Bob Hope. He won the Deutsche Bank up in Boston at TPC Boston. Won at Mayakoba, and then the Texas Open. He, he might be a horse for course on Norman courses. Okay. It just feels you get like... get him down in, uh, what is it, Exuma or Abaco? Whichever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I kind of, I agree with you on the microwave take, DJ. He, he almost feels like, though, when the ball striking is on, like, that that game will travel, right? Like, you know, if you if you get it close anywhere, you're going to probably, you know, do some damage. Right. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, he's been around long enough. I don't think he gets a... He, he kind of does float under the radar. He's got. It doesn't he's, help that he's always in that flat brim and sunglasses, though. You feel like he's. He almost looks like it. a, um, like an extra in like Carmen San Diego or <laughs> you know, like something, you know, like 
I don't know. Well, he always has the. Yeah, uh, I just don't. I don't. You just like he's just kind of sly. Like you don't know what's this going is a on. Really deep pull, but I remember when I used to watch a ton of White Sox games. <laughs> they would always talk about how Carlos Quentin looked like he had Lego hair, <laughs> and Charlie Hoffman looks like he has a Lego hat. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know, like they just popped the the Lego hat a out of button on top of his head. <laughs> yeah. On that, that note, he's got some. Shout out to Carlos Quinn. He was a menace for a while. Yeah, he was. Um, uh, Stanford guy. A lot of deep cuts in yeah. these last thirty seconds. Uh, he he's got some Rom thumb vibes too with the with the head shape and stuff. He like, he, he could be Rom's uncle that like. You know, on his dad's side that grew up in the U.S. or whatever. Could be a candidate for maybe Godfather of Rom's new child. <laughs> well, shout out to the Roms. <laughs> we'll see. Congratulations to them. And new, shout out, newfound and, perspective on the way. And shout out to Charlie Hoffman for... Uh, Pro, Charlie Hoffman, underrated, overrated, accurately rated. I think he's underrated, but I'm shocked. Like, looking at his Wikipedia page, he's played in 33 majors. How many top tens do you think he has in majors? Four. Three. He has two. Wow. Uh, T9 yeah. at the Masters in 2015, eighth at the U.S. Open in 2017. Which is where I would lean on accurately yeah. rating. However, but no, I'm, I'm actually thinking in my mind, I'm like, shit, maybe I'm overrating him. But then I look at it and he's made 21 cuts in those 33 majors, seven I mean, I top 25s. Like, it all yeah, kind of yeah, comes yeah. out of the wash. And then uh, so got a lot <laughs> I'm of running uh, out of Charlie Hoffman, yeah. so that's probably enough on Charlie I want to yeah. talk Mike Wallace. Well, I was going to say, Mike Wallace, it, you know, they were telling us. He's working really, really yeah. hard on his mental game. That Guys, was are the, you seeing the progress there? Let's start with that, and then we can go to his golf game. That was the best I've seen. Uh, the commentators, uh, shout out to John Wood. I know I've said this on the podcast before, and I know he's been on the podcast, but massive fan. Uh, I think he's yeah. doing a great job, but he has been, he was very, very vocal about like, this guy's on the edge right now. <laughs> this guy's he's, he's like potentially getting into it with fans. He's moving volunteers. Like, this guy's running hot right now. I I always appreciate hearing that. That's great color. Well, and he's got um he's got Gareth Lord on the bag. Lordy. Yeah, Lordy. What you told him. It, it sounds like he's a pro's pro. Who, yeah, oh, he's he, a complete. He pro. and Greller look like a couple alphas. He was, they were, they like, were like British, back slapping a little bit, yeah. and uh, on like the third or fourth green, they were kind of over there like whispering some stuff, laughing. I feel like you know Wallace uh, rescued him from Team Rose. Uh, <laughs> DJ cared a comment as a member of Team Rose. Team Rose, and then before that, he, he was he was Stenson's guy. Tough week for Team Rose all, all around. Well, you know, with the Anwa. Oh, and, Team uh, Rose was out at the uh, drive chip and putt today, cheering <laughs> on, cheering on the Rose's, kids. Rose's <laughs> quotes about visualizing. No, <laughs> he said he was sitting in his trophy room. Oh, I did see that. <laughs> visualizing, visualizing all the shots at Augusta, at Augusta wasn't and they, yeah. like, going through his rounds, play by play by play. Which is a flex, and you know, I don't have a trophy yeah, room, so I can't. Good really vibes do that. in the trophy room. James Corrigan had a good. Had a, had a good <laughs> I did call. see that. That was yeah. great. I will give a shout out for Team Rose. Let me speak up for Team Rose real quick. I don't know how we got talking about Justin <laughs> Rose. The Rose Ladies Series is is back. With going to some awesome courses in England. That's right. a very, very cool him. thing that yeah. Rose and his wife are doing for hashtag growing the game. In all seriousness, the 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 guys on the on the radio broadcast yesterday were going out of their way to say, you know, I like this Mike Wallace. Or you know, I call him <laughs> Mike Wallace. Matt, I like this Matt Wallace guy. You know what? Do we explain why we call him Mike Wallace or is it's it not better? So stupid. Like it's it was from the Masters. It's Vernon's anniversary. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He's he makes a hole in one and you can always tell when someone's gonna make an ace when they cut to the other side of the golf course. They're yeah. like, Oh, here over to sixteen. And Vern, who Uncle is Vern. Among we, the most accomplished We you love know, Vern. Nobody loves Vern more than us, but you know, it's he's really he's he's kinda 
drilling down into just bullet points over these last few years. It's it's very uh, just meat and potatoes uh, information that you're getting. And so he's very point blank, very to the point. And he just said, you know, over to 16, this is Mike Wallace. <laughs> and he made an ace. And... <laughs> And that was it. And uh, and on CBS of all channels, <laughs> it was just a like point blank. Shout out to sixty minutes. Yeah. It was just a just a execution of like play better <laughs> kind of. A, so, kind of but uh, like I, I was kind of blown away by that because they're you know hey this guy's really a good guy and he's he's hard on himself you know it's like no he's like he's really shitty on everybody else around him too like he's bitching at fans he's 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 gone through several caddies I know a number of caddies who don't care for him because he's so bad to his caddies. But he's such a f- talented ball striker. Yeah. He gained 15 shots from T to green this week. Number one in the field. Jesus. Three um, more than speed. You know, and, and just, and he's got that, that two thumb putter. Yeah. The, with yeah. The that fat was grip. Yeah. That, that, that kind of gave well. me a little bit and, of and, agita. And I was thinking, like, like he chipped well. Like he didn't really struggle chipping. Uh, but it, it just felt like every, he was just running hot the entire week. And every time that, you know, like he's come at me on Twitter before. We've gotten in our spats. I mean, we are not. I, I feel like DMs are off the. You know, you can't no, air no, out. No, you no, can't no, air no, out DMs. I mean, but but just, in like, what I wanted to say was, there have been DMs. Oh yeah, yeah. Or in, and there have been like actual tweets too. But um, <laughs> he missed putts today from like on five. Trump he missed from personal. five feet. He missed from seven feet on eight. Eleven feet on nine. Four feet on fourteen. Like he lost. He lost two well, I just want to call out. I mean, he's definitely a candidate for Opus Day. He bit himself today. Well, that's on, a, yeah. Which was, I mean, I was, was like, sick. whoa. <laughs> he, he just was just trying to clamp down on the on the frustration. So, uh, you know what? I hope he he does figure it out because he is like crazy he's interesting talented. To watch. And, and he brings like similar to Hatton. Like it, it brings bringing some fire out there. Like at least you know he doesn't. I don't see a lot of. I don't see him chucking clubs and. I think he's you know, done that yet. too. Yeah. Well, that's because we don't see him very much on TV. Yeah. That, okay. And you don't enough. watch a lot maybe, of Euro Tour. Goal. Yeah. So maybe I'm maybe I'm off base there. He had a lot of kick in yeah. birds, and he had um, he's got a really bad reputation from the Euro Tour. I'll just say that. So, all right. Well, before we move on, I want to uh, I want to shout out something. We got to talk a little bit of Augusta. So it's everyone's favorite tournament this year. The golfers are in Augusta, Georgia, to compete for the coveted green jacket. And DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting you in the center of the action by giving you a shot to land on the green. This week, DraftKings is giving you well, it's one land up. in the green. Like you're going to win money. All right, do I have to fucking start that? Over? No, no, no. It's good. I, I'm just no. You keep going. It just you know. I saw you adjust Wait, on the I fly. Finish the question. It's land in the green. All right, you're going to win money. All right, DraftKings is giving you a chance to live. God, Solly, come back, man. <laughs> When's Mr. Solomon coming back? <laughs> this week, DraftKings is giving you to 100 to 1 odds on the golfers of your choice to finish in the top 10. If you haven't tried DraftKings, then this is the time. It's, it's Coach Turning $1. Pres, hey, come on, man. I'm in the middle of something here. Guys, can you? Come on. We're working on derivatives. Mr. Presbolewski. <laughs> Turning $1 into $100 is simple. Pick any golfer from this week's tournament, and if they finish in the top 10, you can cash $100. 100 to 1 odds on an offer like this doesn't come around often, so sign up for the DraftKings Sportsbook now to get in all the action and choose your golfer before the tournament tees off Thursday morning. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code NLU when you sign up. 
to turn $1 into $100. If the golfer of your choosing finishes in the top 10 of this week's tournament, that code is NLU to turn $1 into $100 for a limited time only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Great. Got it. That was great job, that Coach was, Presbo. <laughs> that was average. Yeah, wow. I'd say that was an average. I thought average I got it read. out. But the, the end, though, I got it out in one breath. All right, what else we got? Anything guys, else? On- I appreciate you, uh, you you standing by as I, I as I got through that. I want to take this opportunity to shit on Boutros Boutros Tringali <laughs> a little bit. Well, you might have to tell people who Boutros Boutros Tringali is. God, I watched the Ali G Boutros Boutros Gali interview this week uh, because you kept tweeting about Boutros Boutros Gali. So good. That's a Randy special. He's always called him Boutros Boutros. I just, I have no... Sean is talking about Cameron Tringale. I have no issue with Cameron Tringale as a person. He sounds like a great guy. He's, it seems like he's injected a lot more personality into his play. All that. My, my only thing is, like, he's been on tour for how long? And, like, what, what have you done, man? Well, it's a double-edged sword, right? You, we we, celebra- we celebrate a lot of the guys who, you know, never lose their card and, and you know, also stay like, in the system. But the system's kind of set up for guys that already have their card. Well, I thought I saw another great stat from the PGA Tour. Uh, getting social, uh, two hundred ninety-six starts without a win is the most on tour active right player. active player. It's like some Skip um, Kendall shit. Followed yeah. by Ricky Barnes at two hundred ninety-two, and Chad Campbell followed it, followed uh, with two hundred ninety-one starts without a win. Um, do you guys know who has the most starts without a win ever? Skip Kendall, Brandy Baird. Uh, I think it is Briny Baird. <laughs> Do you not have the answer? I, I did. <laughs> now I can't find it. You know what, folks? If you know the answer, hit us up. Can't find the answer. Yeah, we're having trouble finding the answer. I thought I had it written down, but I, I must have... Uh, I thought the teacher had left uh, had left that in the, in the notes for the substitute, but he's, he's having a hard time finding it. <sighs> this, syllabus, this syllabus sucks. Just put on a movie. No, her lesson plan stinks. <laughs> Why are you trying to teach us stuff? Just her put on a movie. The lesson plan stinks. So that's that's on uh, that's on the that's on Solly. All I'm saying <laughs> is Chingale had like I had Sean Martin texting me. I had people saying, "Oh my God, Chingale's going to do it a five shot lead at one point." People coming up to big strong men in the in the streets coming I'm up like, to Joe. I know how this is going to end, man. Like he's he he finished T nine. I, like it, it's what he does, and he he flushed one on on the par three and, on the front. And I today. think that's that's fair, TC. But I would also argue I brought the two hundred ninety six starts without a win, not to not to flame Tringali. I find that to be incredibly impressive. Like the it's similar to like like Tommy Armour the third won twice on tour, but it spanned like twenty three years. And like you have to play so consistently to keep your He's had card. A great season, yeah. To keep your card and not win a tournament, like it's all about winning. Then you get the two years, the breathing room and all of that. So to be able to to have the longevity without winning a, a golf tournament to me is very impressive. I agree. I've, so, I know you want to hate on Boutros Boutros, but Yeah, I I mean, I don't know. I, I just Let me ask you this question from Josh Cox. Did Tringali shoot himself in the foot with his own finger gun today? <laughs> he was doing yeah, the shooting again. A, li- a little bit, <laughs> yes. And, and you know, like he had, he finished third at Sea Island. Um, obviously, T nine this week, T seven at Pebble, T seventeen at Phoenix. So he's, he's had a good, like he's playing good golf. He finished T three in Minnesota last year. Um, but it's just a matter of like the guys, the guys putting up twenty five, thirty starts a year, and he's you know he might get two top tens. And he's just always in that hundred to you know 
125 slot, and that's where that's where we've lobbied for the death panel in the past. So we don't need to relitigate the death panel. We've well, we've you can't. There. I mean, that's a pretty harsh term to bring up. What? what well, it's, it's basically just like <laughs> we can't just, we can't just get, let that go. Figuring out how to get new blood on the tour. Yeah. Okay. You know, a little bit more often. It's when you get the the yeah the the unbiased panel, <laughs> me and Tron. <laughs> uh, you know, we should have carte blanche to be able to tap guys on the shoulder. Be like, hey, you're you're out. Man. Hey, you're good for a while. You can come back in like three years, but. You need to take a break. You go to Last Chance yeah. Kitchen. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Last Chance, that'd be, that's a great commissioner for a day idea. Yeah. Um, Which is coming, I promise. Okay, so question for you guys. Um, anybody else you want to call out from golf today? That, that Honorable mention that caught your attention. Good to see Honorable Bon Lahiri playing well. It was. Great mustache, too. Yeah, Saw you tweeted about that. I, I really appreciated that. It was a, a strong look from him. Lucas Glover absolutely flushing the ball. Of course. Uh, and Wood, made some putts. Woodland, good to see him playing well. Yeah, each anybody? No, I got nothing. Let's let's get into the ladies. Yeah, okay, please. All right, let's go to the uh, let's go out to Palm Springs to the A and A inspiration. Ricky finding some form that was good. Rick and I mean Rick, Ricky playing well. well. Kind of. I mean, it was his one. He had you a know, tough first, had a, Thursday. Had a tough day. He shot 76, 68, 68. 69, 70. That was a tough. Like, here's your chance to play into the Masters. You shoot seventy six in the first round is is tough. I think with Ricky, it's, this is this has to be a pretty emasculating time for him right where like mercedes is one of his biggest sponsors and he's and they're big spon- like he does a bunch yeah. with them during augusta and he's like not there right masculating humbling yeah yeah <laughs> would be yeah it's, is, that, is that not the right word i mean i hope i don't know i mean i'll be <laughs> I don't know if it has to do with his manhood, <laughs> yeah. but I, I see where you're going I know with what it, though, you for mean. sure. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like when uh, Steve Kerr was announcing a son's game. He said somebody got neutered. <laughs> it's like, wait, I don't think that I don't think that's the right term there. Anyway, <clears throat> let's go to the A&A. We're going out to Palm Springs. First first major of the year for the LPGA. One of five. One of five. How about that? Uh, Patty Tavitanikit. There you go. With her first career win. After, as TC alluded to, uh, what, three starts at... Three wins and eleven starts in the Symmetra Tour in twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen, and then like kind of the rookie season last year. Consensus rookie of the year, where they didn't give it out because it was you know it's like a super season, same same deal this year. But, but yeah, she's fucking stud. Absolutely mashing <laughs> it, just just overpowering the golf course. Just jarring how much speed there was in the golf swing, how far she's hitting the ball, how like unflappable she looked. Yeah. Uh, Solly did an awesome interview with Pernilla Lindbergh early in the week, um, you know, past ANA champion, talking about a lot of great stuff, the golf course and, and all kinds of things. But what was really relevant this weekend was she was also talking about, you know, Pernilla had never won an event on the LPGA, was wire-to-wire winner, I believe, and also was trying to get, you know, so Solly's asking her about kind of, getting comfortable, what's it like going to bed on Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night. And she was kind of saying, you know, it actually, like, honestly got easier because their playoff went into Monday. She's like, it honestly, on Sunday night, like, it got easier because I had had the lead for the whole week. And so I kept thinking about that as as Patty had this massive lead all week. You know, it's it's crazy to, you know, the the first win on tour being a major is just a weird, it's a weird path. And uh, Patty's was obviously a lot different than Pernilla's, who came a little later in her career, but... Uh, yeah, all like nothing but fully impressed. It it was a complete clinic. She was a, to me. She feels a lot like everybody expected Maria Fossey to come out and dominate or play really well on the heels of. You know, she was SEC Player of the Year. She she finished second at the ANWA last year or or two years ago. Super long, 
all that. And it's like, this is like Patty, Patty went to UCLA, two time All America, like first team All America, three wins and 11 starts on Symmetra in uh, 2019. And then like T, T5 or T five at the 2018 US Women's Open, she shot 61 two years ago in, in an LPGA event as well, like 61 when you're not even a member of the tour. <laughs> That's, that's like that's some Cantley shit. That's pretty good. <laughs> Didn't Cantley do that? At, he shot sixty at 60 Travelers. At Travelers, one yeah. Year. Uh, another UCLA um, person as well. But connected um, dots. Yeah, I don't know. I was just I was blown away. Like she's she's got swagger. She's got she's rocking the aviators. Yeah, she's just she's a just killer like, look. She was dripping in like 10, 12 footers for. She made some all time like up and downs too. Like the one on sixteen today. Uh, first off, awesome day of golf. What, yeah. Spieth win right into primetime LPGA coverage on the West Coast. That was a fun, uh, you know, the, the the energy was great, especially because, you know, we kind of thought Patty, you know, she was up by so much on Friday and Saturday. It was kind of like, oh, man, she's going to run away with it. Like, this is, you know, it's fun to witness greatness and first win, but then Lydia Ko comes out of nowhere. Yeah, unbelievable. And, and, and makes it interesting. So, shoots 62, historic round. I think ties. I think someone else ties the low. I believe it ties at A and A final round. Yeah, right? yeah, and put some heat on Patty. So she had a putt. What to go ten under through eleven? Yeah, she yeah. had a eagle putt eagle on eleven. Putt. And then that would have put her ten under through she, eleven. God, she almost made that like twenty five footer on eighteen. Yeah, um, which was you know left on the high side, pro side miss there. So that was that was a ton of fun to watch and an excellent chance. DJ sent an article over uh, from Kevin Van Valkenburg from twenty eighteen. How a golfing prodigy Lydia Ko lost her way. I didn't, you know, I wasn't up to date on the story with Lydia Ko, but just some stats that stuck out to me. She's only 23 years old. She's won 15 times on tour with two majors, and she hasn't won since 2018. So, you know, when she was 20 years she's old. She's only won once since 2016. And it, it's just a, it's a weird story. I mean, it, it's, it's, I think, very easy to, for casual fans, which, you know, I'd say we're slightly above casual fans, but it's, it's, Easy even still for us, I think, to see Lydia Ko's name on a leaderboard and just kind of think like, oh, yeah, you know, Lydia Ko and Jessica Corda and they're they're just kind of the big names. And it's like, no, she had a much different path yeah. than everybody. She won when she was 15 on the LPGA. She was the number one player in the world when she was 17. She it's had also two majors when she was 19. Like, it's, it's nuts. And the fact that she's lived another, you know, two lives <laughs> since then and she's only 23 still it's just it's it's a crazy saga it's also the counterpoint to spieth totally keeping all your stuff together and you know she's she's done the exact opposite of that and gone through a dozen at least caddies and different swing coach like i was i was blown away when, when uh, randy and i were at the u.s women's open in houston in december and i mean the work that she was putting in with sean foley like they were grinding. It was a major week. They were out there grinding. I don't know if it was impressive, but it was almost shocking to see that that level of like technical work being done during a major week. Yeah, it, it's you mentioned the the KVV article, but I mean, I would strongly we tweeted it from the main account, but I would strongly recommend looking that up. Just great stuff from David Ledbetter in there, kind of talking about her parents and how involved they are. It's just I, I'm sure a lot of the stuff is is a little bit outdated at this point. I know the the story is three years old, but it's. Uh, just a very well reported wild saga, man. Got a great juicy quote from from Billy Ho in there too. <laughs> Shout out to KVV for yeah. for doing the digging. But no, I was that that was awesome context watching the back nine today. I think um, also just looking at Patty had a she's had a good year thus far. She probably should have finished a lot higher in in um, 
like she had a really bad final round at the Gainbridge. Yeah, she's in the final group, I think. Yeah, and and you know, like was right in the mix and and kind of folded. So I think she learned from that and and is really like so. Justin Silverstein, the USC coach, replied to a tweet I had today and, and said, "Hey, like check out this final round scorecard from the Annika event, like the Annika Collegiate event in 2018." Patty started the final round round three, one over through six. And then birdie seven and nine make the cut at, or make the turn at one under. And then birdies 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, par 16, par 17, Eagles 18 <laughs> to win by one. Yeah, she shot 28 on the back to win by one. It seems like a true, a true bomb threat. Just, you know, fearless. Don't, don't let him get hot type of player. Cause that was, that was what was crazy to me was, you know, it, a lot of players can, mask it pretty well you know you don't totally know what's what's going on and and they can kind of camouflage their feelings a little bit but she looked totally unflappable and the whole idea of just coming in and you know having a five-shot lead never winning on the lpga before coming having a five-shot lead coming into the the final round of a major i think uh i think it was inby park i was reading some quotes from her where she was kind of describing you know what it's like to have a big lead going into the final round she's like honestly it's like more stressful because you know that if you lose, like it's only your fault. It's gonna be. It's gonna have to be spectacular. Yeah, like you're you're in complete control, and if you lose, like you fucked up. I don't think she said that, but it's that's the <laughs> idea. Whereas when you've got a one shot lead or you're tied or whatever, it's kind of like ah, you know, it's golf. Anything can can kind of happen. And so, anyways, to do all that, and then essentially Lydia Ko is kind of a freakish outlier with her 62, but essentially, you know, in, increased her lead on the field with a bogey free 68. You know, it's just. Linda B, like, I mean, Say Young Kim, Nelly, Sean Sean Fang, Jin Young Ko, NB Park, like, they're all, they were all in the top 10, yeah. like, a bunch of really, really, really good players. Some dogs at the, at the door. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So I don't know. It was a, it was a great week. I will say, I know she won there and I know she likes the course. It's not a good golf course. <laughs> like, with, Pernell is a friend of the program and all that. But, like, doesn't look like an interesting I golf just course. watched that golf course and, like, actually, 18 looked Other a lot than better. That, I think 18 is very interesting. And 16 looked, looked interesting too. But otherwise, I was like, what the fuck? Like, this is, <laughs> this is not a good golf course. It just seems like it's in great shape. I think everybody likes going there. And it's, it's got the history. Yeah, exactly. Like, going back the, to the, the history was the history interesting. Of the course yeah, I looked, the, I looked up the, the history and, Really, just the Wikipedia, if we're, if we're being honest. <laughs> but the ANA Inspiration, recent, uh, formerly known most recently as the Craft Nabisco Championship, which was actually stuck out to me because it was it shows up in Barbarians at the Gate that book about the RJR Nabisco. That's merger. a great book, yeah. great book. And the CEOs playing in the pro am out at the really? ANA, yeah. Um, and still sometimes referred to, still sometimes referred to as the Dina Shore, uh, Dinosaur. Dinosaur. God, I guessed on that one. <laughs> Thought I had it right. I actually Just thought put a about fucking that. Movie one. On. Uh, <laughs> it's one of the five major championships of professional women's golf, the first major of the season. An event of the LPGA Tour. It is held yearly at Mission Hills Country Club. So it's just kind of one of those. It's always been there. Kind there's of some tradition. Cool, there's some cool stuff on like uh, Brendan Porath and Andy Johnson did a good deep dive. Their their Friday uh, Friday deep dive into the the event I was listening to this week and some interesting stuff about the Colgate. The Colgate folks and how they got involved and juiced the purse and then ended up using a bunch of the players in the uh, in the advertising for Colgate and like kind of all the executives who wanted to do it kind of got laughed out of the building and uh, well, yeah Colgate and then it ended up you know paying off in a really big way. Paul so. Mall of Chairman David David Foster 
Uh, not David Foster Wallace. No, not 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 the writer. Uh, founded it in 1972 uh, with Dinah Shore. Um, and yeah, they just basically doubled the per. Like back yeah. in 1972, they just said we're just going to pay the winner double, so that it was just like boom. There's like, some great stories about like which is sweet. The the winner, you know, making more that week than they made the whole rest of the season. It yeah. was just talking to Travis Hill about it on on our uh, Palm Springs Trap Draw episode. It's it's lesbian Lollapalooza, or at least it used to be. Used to be. Too, yeah. I mean, it was very, it was very much like I mean, Palm Springs is LGBTQ, you know, friendly place and hot spot for all that and it was it was kind of like their their spring well it sounded meeting. from what it was cool thrill scene. was saying it sounded like it was like the end of the end of the uh palm springs yeah. season too like for the for everybody's the going back to minnesota it's like all right this Chicago, is the end of the year party for Seattle. for wintering here yeah. yeah um so good vibes which is tough because i think there were no you know no fans out there yeah it was right? tough so to was, go yeah. from the, the telecast yeah. was you know that's just especially going from from Valero, where they did have, you know, you could feel um, some some energy out there from the crowd. Well, especially just having such good golf being yeah. played too. It, that was a bummer to not not have much juice. I can't. I just. It's so good to have Judy Rankin back in the yeah. She's I, a, she's a total. <laughs> and Terry Gannon. I mean, that was yeah, that's was, a good one too. Those two. I'm just like this. It's the best. Um, and then yeah, it, it was. So I guess before we segue into NWA. It's just such an untenable situation between those two right now. It seems like because you you've got you've got all the major like most of the major like golf writers went to Augusta. They're going to Augusta anyway. Most of them went to Augusta, you know, yesterday or two days ago, and they were covering the Saturday round at Augusta National. And it's just it's just I feel like something's got to give there, and it doesn't feel like it's going to be Augusta National. Yeah, it's it's a tough situation where it, it's one of those things. I, I feel like Augusta does a lot of sh- stuff. Uh, maybe less and less now. It kind of seems like they're they're sorting to in the, you know in the post Billy Payne. Yeah, it seems like they're kind of yeah. trying to clean up their perception a little bit at least. But I don't think this is something they're doing maliciously. And maybe that's say, giving it's, them it's too much timing. credit. But it's it's like man, it it does work. It works so well for everything else, right? With media already being there and with the drive, chip, and putt and with all that kind of stuff with TV. I mean, it just it gets everybody ramped up, like ready for the Masters. It kind of drafts off of the the Masters juice a little bit, you know, with uh, just getting people revved up for like an early look at the golf course. And I know we'll talk about Anwa and the telecast and all that, but uh, it's it sucks, though, that players have to choose and because, you know, such a big part of the ANA's history is kind of inviting the premier amateurs and and giving them a chance to play in a major and uh it just sucks it's a it's a really shitty situation and it's it's hard for it's hard to look at an event that has like such good history on the LPGA because there's you know there's a lot of great history on the LPGA but there's also a lot of tournaments that have closed down or moved around or or you know had to dissolve or whatever and uh it just sucks to look at kind of the the gold standard i guess for lack of a better term uh on the lpga and and be like yeah all right cool it's up to you guys you you know you should probably move if you don't like it like, which i don't it. think is really the issue or the the you know the intent but that's obviously how it comes across think about like rose rose yang for instance yeah you know she played she finished top 10 at the inspiration last year as a 16 year old and this year she played at augusta mm-hmm. you know and it's it's just one of those things where it's it puts it puts those women in a shitty spot Right, it's because that, and that's that's what should matter. Yeah, you know, so it's uh, 
untenable position, I think, is is well said. I mean, it just feels like a little bit of a stalemate right now. So before we get to the AMWA, anything else on the in ANA you guys want to – any honorable mentions? I want to for sure shout out Sean Sean Fang. I mean, that was – Good to have good to have her back. Good to have her back. She hadn't played a tournament in 16 months. She had just like some great quotes on, on Thursday. Uh, she came out, I think she was in second or something on – She's on, got good energy. On Thursday, great energy. She was talking about quarantine life and just kind of summed it up as like, honestly, like you wake up and she's like, got a pretty good like delivery too. And she's, you know, you wake up and you're like, what should I have for breakfast? And then you eat breakfast and you be like, Fuck, all right, I guess the next thing's like, what should I have for lunch? Did you make lunch? And it's like, all right, only thing left is dinner. I mean, I guess we'll figure out what to make for dinner. And then you kind of go to bed. And like, that's, that's quarantine. And uh, I thought that was, that made me laugh. Uh Pernilla. Finished, but then she played great, I should say, also. Finished T14, 69-68 on the weekend. And then I just want to give a shout-out to Megan Kang. Met Megan about a year and a half ago now at the down in Naples. Rainy and I did a podcast with her. I was so impressed with her. Her game's slow and steady. She's just starting to like rack up top 10s and top 20s, and she's going to she's gonna be a force. So I, I couldn't be more impressed. Shout-out. Love it. Well, we were talking a little bit about Lydia Ko absolutely grinding on the range. I know another guy around here that's been grinding on the range. His name's DJ Pihowski. <laughs> DJ, you've been using a tool out there. Sure. The Rapsodo launch monitor. Yeah. Uh, where you can go to rapsodo.com backslash NLU and use the code NLU to get $75 off uh, a Rapsodo, a personal mobile launch monitor. That offer expires 413. But what have you found with the uh, with the Rapsodo, Deej? Uh, I found that it's nice to know how far your clubs go. I was much like you uh, for a very long time, just kind of assuming my my high school distances were like, you know. Sound like Cat Stevens. <laughs> just like you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> After spending some time with, with, with Matt. Are you thinking of Harry Chapin? Are, thought, you th- no, are you thinking of I, Cats I, I, in the Cradle? Yeah. No, that's not that's Cat not Stevens. Stevens? <laughs> no. I was oh, I'm thinking that's Cats Harry in the Cradle. Chapin. All right, my bad. Uh, I'm just like you. After spending Dad. time with Madeline, like, wouldn't, you know, did that inspire you to figure out what your stock yardages are? Because she's got that card. Yeah, she's got a great card on the back, or her caddy, Shane, specifically has a great card on the back. Uh, yeah, it was it was just, I, I really uh, needed a, a little bit more of a data set, you know? Just like, hey, man, how far does my 8-iron actually go? I know how far I think it goes, but I don't seem to be scoring very well. So maybe the issue's with me. Sure, you Not, need a benchmark. Need some, need some benchmarks. And uh, honestly, what really got me dialed in on it was the wedges. That yeah. was the biggest instance of just like, man, I know what 75 yards looks like to my eye, but I have no idea what club that is. I don't know how far I'm taking my club back. A lot of that stuff in Rapsodo makes it super, super easy to set up at the range and just, you know, see if you can hit 80-yard shots, 82-yard shots, 92-yard shots, whatever you need to work on. It just it helps you build a baseline for for what you're trying well, to do. Well, you should Deej, you should feel very confident in those numbers uh, because the Rapsodo is very accurate. Uh, within two percent of a twenty k launch monitor unit, twenty thousand for the for the people. Yeah, twenty twenty large <laughs> for those counting out there. Uh, the Rapsodo MLM app automatically tracks stats and stores video with each shot tracer. Uh, helpful for club gapping and understanding true distances from each club. Uh, it's extremely portable. Case is about as small as the size of a rangefinder, uh, and you can use it both indoors and outdoors. That's big. I know Sally's been grinding in his yeah. garage with it, uh, which is a good setup for him. So go to rapsodo.com uh, forward slash NLU to use code NLU and get $75 off. That offer expires 
on April 13th. Look into it. If you're if you're struggling, if you're trying to realize, you know, if you're trying to figure out why you can't shoot lower scores, knowing how far your gloves go goes a long way. Your ways. process is only as good as your data. That's, that's exactly God, right. TC, that is... You could have saved bro, the whole ad. That that's profound. I mean, that's the whole thing. I, I'm thinking about getting a, a, you know, there's rival launch monitors out there that, you know, in the 20K bracket. Of course. That people carry around in their... You know, in a, in a, in a, in a neoprene case, in a case, I'm thinking about getting a like a Gucci purse or something for my rap soda. I think that'd be that. cool. Carry around and flex on sure. people. Maybe we'll put one in the pro shop or something. Yeah. All right. So on what the main event here tonight? We had TC on the ground yesterday. Actually, took uh, our mother Peggy, who is playing. I want to call out Peggy Schuster. She's been playing more golf than Tron and I combined. She's like every yeah. time I call her, she's and walking, walking. She's getting a lesson. She's doing something golf related, and I'm really proud of her. She stinks. She she's still stinks. She's the worst screen reader I've uh, ever met. And and I I love her, but she she's really embracing the game of golf, and it's kind of like rewarding to watch uh, her do that. So Tron took my mom. She had not uh, been to Augusta mom, since 1985 when Bernhard Longer won. <laughs> of course, yeah. Um, they yeah they they went like seven days in a row in 1985, and then, uh, but it was. I, I've been to Augusta probably eight, probably eight to ten times. Um, uh, between you know just going, uh, our next door neighbor when we were growing up had, had he was a volunteer. He had badges and he was very generous. Shout with out us. to Chris Marsh. Yeah, and then um, I dated a girl for a while. She, her family had badges, and then just you know over the last few years have, have it was Condoleezza Rice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Have have gone to some some uh, rounds. So I've been to pretty. I've, I've never been Sunday, but I've been every other day of the week. I can confidently say this was the the most enjoyable, most easygoing day I've ever had there. Where I struggle with the practice rounds because there's like nobody's trying to get the ball in the hole. Sure, right? You're 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 just wandering around out there, basically looking at the golf course and seeing some guys hit some tee shots, taking pictures. Yeah, and then Saturdays are really really crowded. Or, you know, just everybody gets bunched up on the back, you know, on the back nine wanting to watch the leaders play. Thursday and Friday during the main Masters tournament are great. Um, but it just the combination, it was super cold in the morning. We drove up there from Jacksonville, uh, left at like 4.30. And it was, they had a uh, frost delay. So it was like 30 degrees. I mean, so so I'm sure that some of the azaleas will be like the, the uh, flowers will be falling off early this week because it, it, they were in perfect shape and then they, and then, and then it got super cold. Um, hate that, but they put them vacuum covers over. Them at <laughs> yeah. Night. And, and before I forget like the, the course, like the first, the first thing I noticed out there was just like, you know, haven't been there probably eight or 10 different years. The course looked as good as I've ever seen. Like it was, it, it was as bouncy and firm and crispy as I've ever seen it. It was, it was remarkable. Um, just, it seemed nippier, right? Um, so I, I mean, I could not be more excited for next week, or f- really for this week. Uh, I think it's going to be as long as we dodge some thunderstorms Thursday, Friday. It, it, it's going to be in as good a shape as it's been in a decade, probably. That's exciting. Yeah, it's, very exciting. It's sweet. Um, we, we should mention on the golf front, Subasa Kajitani. Well, hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah I'm getting was, all, was your yeah. winner? Just yeah. you know, to to cover the cover our bases. Yeah. Oh, totally. Oh, we're we're gonna get there. I One in a whole, playoff. Yeah, I got a whole whole write up here. So okay. it was really interesting because like there was there's only 15 groups, right? There's 30. There's like 25 or 30 
women that make the cut. 30, so, yeah. So they play the first two rounds of Champions Retreat, and then they take Friday off and have a practice round at Augusta, and then they get one round at Augusta, which psychologically, that's insane, right? Yeah. Like imagine like, you know, going, and then you're switching caddy midweek yeah. too. So you, so a lot of these, a lot of these girls, they've, they, they've had a, a coach or a parent or a friend on the bag at Champions Retreat, and then they get to Augusta and they switch to, a, you know, one of the Augusta caddies. Well, they all get a local caddy for their practice round. And then it's up to them whether they want to keep yeah. them for Saturday or or get rid of them after Saturday. Yeah, and and bring in their, and their so preferred that was, loop. So that was, interesting wrinkle. So that was yes. super interesting. Where you've got you know, like um, Migliaccio, her her mom was on the bag. Her mom was an All America, good at player Arizona. in her own great right. player in her own right. Um, we'll get to her, but Chad Lambsback caddied for Kajitani, the the winner. Actually, interestingly, uh, he had caddied for Takumi Kanaya. My the Japanese really? the phenom, phenom, yeah, previously in the Masters. So he had had uh, some experience with Japanese caddies. And uh, Will Cheney had a great write-up in the Augusta Chronicle on that. But I was blown away, like, standing on 18 green, seeing him. I mean, she, like, Kajitani does not speak English at all. She's got, you know, they they brought the translator in and all that. And him... Throughout the round? No, 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 no but just... No, no, like... <laughs> but like that, I was going to say no, that but like, awesome. But, like, him reading the greens, yeah. and he's, you know, he's pointing at a very specific spot, and... That two putt that he had, or the, that she had on 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 eighteen, like from that back shelf down to in the, the playoff there, yeah, yeah, it was, was unbelievable, insane. Like we were standing right behind there, and he's he's sixteen, eighteen feet over to the right, and she trusted it. Like I I I cannot give her enough credit. Where like like it's the kind of putt where you would be playing it a nice club at with crazy greens. And the caddy's telling you to hit it there, and you're like, "Wait, you want me to hit it there? <laughs> like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, right. Are you insane?" And she hit it there at perfect speed, and it was it was remarkable, like the commitment that that took from her. Um, but it yeah, so so the kind of working backwards from there, we walked in, um, we followed uh, Migliaccio and the um, a French girl. Uh, oh God, she made like seven birdies. Like we we. We kind of lucked out because I we followed Migliaccio because her coach, Coach Llewellyn from Wake Forest, was Lauren Coughlin's coach at UVA. Right. And met her at the um, at the U.S. Women's Open in Houston. And then, you know, just figured, hey, let's follow one of her players. And then we walked the first, you know, four or five holes with her. And we got totally lucky because she got off to an unbelievable start. She birdied, I think she birdied one and two or one and three. And then she was kind of right in the mix from there. Um, Pauline Roussan Bouchard was the, the player. She was hitting the shit yeah. out of it. She was hitting it 30 yards past Migliaccio, which I guess is the reason why Migliaccio, who's a highly decorated amateur and collegiate player, is not going professional. She's she's got an internship with Golf Channel this summer. Yeah, it's partly because like she's not she has no length and everybody's hitting it so far past her and and she's just kind of sick of it. Um, yeah, Pauline made seven birdies in her yes. her one round in Augusta, which is sporty. Yes. Like, and she, so she's a she's a sophomore at South Carolina. Yeah, seven birdies. She shot seventy. I just she was she like five five bogeys, seven birdies, and what six pars? I guess like she was she was a blast to watch. She had a she had a great personality, um, just fantastic. And then, but it was it was such a by the time we got to ten. 10 or 11. So we walked the front nine and then we walked, um, 
walked up to seven, stood next to seven. It was a mega funnel pin on seven. And, uh, but it was such an intimate experience. Like normally at Augusta, you know, a lot of the locals will say like over the last 10, 10, 12, 15 years, they've upped the amount of tickets for the, for the big tournament every year. And so it's gotten to where it's less and less personal, less and less intimate. And I have never been able to just sit there and like marvel at all the little nooks and crannies and all the little, you know, humps and bumps and rolls on, you know, standing five feet from the fringe on seven green and watching balls come into it. Like you could never, you would have to camp out there all day long. Sure. At a master's round. And how much of that do you think was because it was the on one? How much do you think was because, you know, limited number of fans from COVID? I think it was mostly limited number of fans from COVID. There's no, there's no grandstands out there again this year. There's no, you know, it was, so it's, it's a truly like you're watching the course just in and of itself. There's no, there's not a whole lot of stuff chopping up the course or whatnot maximum freedom like if you want to walk over to 12 and sit right on the ropes and watch and stand 10 feet behind them while while they hit shots into 12 or behind 15 or the ultimate freedom there which i've never experienced normally you got to plan out your day and plan out hey we're gonna you know follow these people on the front nine and then we got to move to the back nine and pick out a spot right the other thing was just it was and i was talking to ryan lavner about it like i saw him on 18 and it was it was really really hard to like figure out where to go or who to watch because after rose Zhang hit the you know had her disaster on 13 which for those that didn't watch she 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 was in complete control all day um pulls her drive left on 13 there they didn't have a spotter down there somehow and uh it fell into the creek but they, they never found it and nobody saw it. And so she had to go back to the tee and drop or go back to the tee, re-tee, hits it into the fairway down the right side, has like two, probably two, 209, 210 in. And I remember turning to mom and saying like, wait, she's going for it? Like, this is fucking insane. And she hit, and she had, and there was a, a little bit of a wind in and she hit, she hit a good shot and it just came up probably two yards short and bounces back into the hazard and makes an eight and she's the far and away number one player in the world. Like you talk to AJGA people, you talk to college coaches, you talk to LPGA folks and they're like, yo, like, I mean, she, she finished top 10 at, at, at the ANA last year. Sure. And she's, she's <clears throat> 17. She's graduating from high school next month. She's, she'll be a freshman at Stanford allegedly next year. Like, and it sounds like she's going to go coach Walker seems, you know, confident that, She'll go for at least one year, and and she sounds like wise beyond her years. And she wasn't distraught or wasn't, you know, she was upset after the round, but it sounded like she kind of took it in stride. Where she made an eight, and then she came back on fourteen and birdied the next hole. Yeah, and it was hit it to like two feet. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> yeah, and it was so you know like there was there was definitely some resilience there, but you know everybody says like she she works she works her ass off. She's like it's not just talent. Smart. She's personable. She has perspective on things and why was why did you say that it was reckless for her to it, well, go just, for it there she's hitting her fourth shot so at that point she had she was the only player under par at that point she, okay i think she was up you know like it was tough to know because i can't i can't say enough good things about augusta not having your cell phone on you and it's one thing like when you know during the tournament whenever he's falling tournament it's another thing like when you're out here like this singular day for like women's amateur golf and you're just kind of immersing yourself into it and there's every every single person you meet is fully present sure like nobody is drifting off or looking down at their at their device everybody is just 
totally in the moment. And it's the most refreshing thing ever. Um, but it was it was just tough to know like you know where exactly she she sat. But I think but, watching the telecast, I think uh, Fred Guard was either tied with her or just maybe a shot behind. But to to your point, she was she was in pretty good control, especially with the par five still to play. Yeah, and and so you know like basically it was hey lay up, and then you know you you try to make you know you you basically try to make a six, and then. You lay up your fourth, hit your fifth, um, you know, up to the green, and then try to try to make a a six, if not a seven. Like you're bringing you're bringing eight out of play, right? And then she made an eight, like lipped the putt, and I mean, he hit a pretty good chip in there, and then it ends up birdieing fourteen, kind of a sloppy bogey on seventeen, which was, and then I was blown away, like hit a exceptional drive and a like a ballsy second shot into 18. Like it was it was really really impressive to see her hit that shot into 18, misses the putt. It was just a tough putt, but well, and to um, your point, finished a shot out of the playoff after, you know, making an 8. All so of that. make yeah. 7 you're in the playoff. Well, and and so I think and well and then six players finished one shot off the lead. Right. So so it was like there, there's all this shit is happening really really rapidly. So we sat on 12 and watched it was it was crazy because um, eleven was playing really easy. Like it was a kind of a back like a middle right pin. A lot of the players are they're hitting it down there pretty far, and they've got you know I'm I'm not sure what it, it, they looked like eight or nine irons in, and they're hitting great shots in there. And then um, and then they're coming to twelve, and a lot of these women hit draw, like most of them draw the ball. Uh, or at least that's their stock shot. And with the wind, the wind was kind of in off the right. And, and it's, it switched like four times when we were sitting down there. Like it was, it was the truest sense of like the wind does crazy shit down there. <laughs> it was really, really hard to hit a draw in there. And so I would say probably 50% of the shots that we saw go in there were long left in the pine straw and then, you know, rolled back down into the grass there. But um, but yeah, that was, that was one of the things where seeing how the course plays differently, like the, the drive on one where they had to, they're aiming right at that bunker and trying to draw one off the bunker or the drive on 18 was really, really tough because most especially of especially they're hitting hit to draw yeah. draws and you know, most of them are one hopping into that bunker. So down. many people what, in that bunker. What, uh, you know, what length were they playing? They were, they were playing the members' tees. I think they were like okay. 60, 6250, 6300. You know, on, on some on certain spots, like number three, members' tees in the same spot as as the masters' tee. Yeah. But you know, seven's a radically different hole. Or and there's and there's a pretty big disparity between like you know some of these women they use length to their advantage and some are just dead straight and you know they're only hitting it two twenty five, two thirty. So you know, very very kind of wide dispersion there. So yeah, in my notes, I had Emma Spitz. Uh, she bogeyed the last two, but birdied twelve and thirteen. Uh, she's a UCLA sophomore. She's Austrian. Um, she's kind of she's probably kicking herself. Like that. That was the thing. It was like there's there's so many. They get one round, one shot at this, and there's so many of them that are probably sitting there thinking, "Oh my God!" Like I'm like I got to get back there next year because this is you know like I I wish I wish it was two rounds after the cut. Yeah, because that's got to be so hard to not only adjust to a new caddy for a lot of them, but also just getting reps out on the course. That was one of my big takeaways. I watched the the broadcast and 
which was awesome. We can talk about it in a second, but it was uh, the idea of going there with a local caddy and not using it is is mind blowing to me because you've got like in a vacuum or kind of from the outside looking in the the putting was really bad right or it looks really bad on TV. There was not a lot of people making putts, mm-hmm. and a lot of that is just like okay, cool. Well, you're playing the most intricate. Like yeah. hardest to read greens on the planet, and uh, so that's where it just kind of blew blew me away. Some of the people who decided not to take a local caddy that would be a nightmare. This idea of like, all right, play one practice round and then try to try to solve it for you know the the biggest round you've played in your career up to this to this moment. And uh, you saw a lot of that, which was interesting. But what was cool about the telecast, I loved. I thought Golf Channel did an awesome job with the actual telecast, having particularly like you know bones and. Trevor Immelman on the broadcast. I mean, it was extremely like two guys that are like, yo, you guys can speak very, very specifically to Augusta National in a way that, you know, Bill McAtee and Vern are are great. But it's like, you know, those bones can give me like, oh man, where she's at in that fairway is so much better for this reason because she knows she can use that backslope. Trevor was doing a great job of like every year I would try to hit it exactly there. She's a little further right of where I would try to be. Like they were, they were awesome, man. It was it was really really fun to watch. Bones was working hard out there too. Yeah, and he's he was, he was all over the place. Well, that's what yeah. I was gonna say to yeah. to your point. It was like there were so many people throwing up, you know, within such a tight lead that they were constantly like, "All right, Bones has made his way over to this group." Oh <laughs> shit! All right, now he's over in this. And group. it was such a throwback because you you were looking at these scoreboards like, and as soon as they throw a new number up, oh shit, let's go over here. Like, yeah. Let, yeah. let's let's walk as fast as we can up to up to 17 green. So we stood behind 17 green for probably another, you know, 30, 40 minutes watching. I hate hearing that. It, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's stinky it's, Nandina. I hate hearing But when there's nobody there, there, there's so many, like it was a cool pin kind of back left there. There's so many, or middle left, I guess. There's so many, you know, uh, players just, taking dead aim with wedges. So many of them coming up short. Long was dead. Kajitani had such a relatable train wreck yeah. on that hole. Just perfect. Like it, it was uh, <laughs> the type of six, yeah. the type of hole I've played just so many times. It's like, yeah, you just kind of lazy, hit it in the fairway, great. And then you just chunk the shit out of your second shot. <laughs> she was 20 yards short. <sighs> and then just like bad shit, bad putt. And, oh my God, I've made a six all of a sudden. Like three on one three that, putt, yeah. <laughs> just going through too, like Rachel Heck, she's a Stanford freshman. She's from Memphis. She bogeyed 18 uh, to miss the playoff by one. She birdied 12, 14, and 15 on the way there. Uh, Karen, like Karen Fredgard, she's Danish. She birdied seven, nine, 11, and 13, and then bogeyed 14, doubled 15, and bogeyed 18. Um, she's a she's a sophomore at 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 Houston. Lindblad yeah. nuked the ball. I don't know if you yeah, followed her at all. We talked about Rose. We saw a lot of Lindblad. Yeah, she was really impressive. She had a birdie on on thirteen while everything was going on with Rose because it took forever right. for her to look for the ball and then and then she got to get another ruling when she hit it in the hazard and then kind of went back on the line. Um, she's she's a Swedish sophomore at uh, at uh, LSU. Re- very impressed with her. The um, Irish girl, Olivia Mahaffey, she's at Arizona State. I believe she's a fifth year at Arizona State. Um, she was in a great spot. Like she was in total control. Uh, birdies at seven and eight. And then she bogeyed nine, bogeyed 10, doubled 12, like really, really bad shot on 12, like super nervy. Yeah, that was like uh, in like, the middle of the water. Yeah, like I can't, I can't stress enough to like if I ever hit it in the water on 12, I would go back as far, like I would go back to a number. 
I would never, ever, ever chip it. Oh. From right, from right the there, like yeah. go back to seventy-five yards or eighty-five yards or whatever your comfortable stock, you know, sand wedges or whatever. Like it is that is the most uncomfortable shot. That green looks like it's three feet deep. Gosh, Maya Stark, like she's she's uh, Swede. She's she was super impressive at the U.S. Women's Open last year. Um, she had one of the rounds of the day. She had six birdies, shot sixty-nine. Um, we watched a lot of Beatrice Wallen. She birdied one and two. Uh, she doubled 13, which kind of took her out of it, but she's a junior at FSU. And then Gina Kim, she had a she she holed out from the bunker on 17 uh, after a really tough day, but had two birdies on the back nine. Uh, shot 77. She finished five back, like she was right right in the mix. She's at Duke. Yeah, and then I actually saw saw Justin Silverstein out there. Um, he, he had six players tee off in the in the USC coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six players in the field. He was following Allison Corpus. Uh, who made the cut, but uh, six players on a, on a college team, which I think you only start four, five. <laughs> five, five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's Seems pretty, pretty that's okay. It's pretty useful. Yeah, yeah. so he's, he's, building, he's building a great program there. It was just really, really cool to see, kind of see the golf course more attuned to accuracy and precision versus you know, raw distance. Seeing them hit into number two, for instance, like they were, you know, kind of trying to keep it as... F- Nobody's flying it onto that green and then working it left to right on the green. They're trying to land it short left or, you know, get it in that bunker. And then they've got, cause it was a far right pin. They've got that whole, you know, whole green to work with. Um, yeah, it was, I don't know. It was a, just an unbelievable day. It was so cool to uh, share it with our mom. And I can't what, what stress enough. Takeaways? She was in heaven. Like, and you know, I think she, she was blown away too at the infrastructure that they've built with, with Augusta, just you know, between the parking and the new media center and the new range, and I mean, you know, looks a lot different than 1985. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. So, for a while there, on we sat behind 12 for probably an hour and a half and just watched shots into 11, or I'd walk over and get a sandwich and you know see see a second shot on 13 or whatever. What, uh, but what kind of sandwich you get? I'm an egg salad guy, a big egg salad guy. But I felt like we were sitting in like a public park, like a public park almost where you're, you're just sitting there watching, like just completely enjoying the day. And there's, there's not as much hustle and bustle. And I think, again, that was all COVID related. And it was all like, there was, it was like sharing one of the most beautiful places in the world with 3000 people instead of 30, 40, 45,000 people. Yeah. Deej takeaways, any, any parting thoughts on the broadcast? I mean, nothing that I didn't mention already other than it's just really fun to watch. I mean, I thought Tariko's awesome. Like, the whole the whole crew was was really, really great. I mean, it's just a, it's a thrill to watch other people play the holes that you know so well. I was actually going to give Tariko a shout-out. Uh, true class act professional on the drive, trip, and putt stuff <laughs> this morning. Watched that um, when I woke up. And just, you know what, like... Maybe not the, not the most exciting thing to announce, and I appreciate he just he treats it like it was the freaking Super Bowl. Yeah, which, I think which is great stuff. Everybody loves loves being a part of that one. I, I also uh, I think it was Kay Cockrell on the Onwa coverage who was just she had like great notes on every player in the field, like very hyper specific notes. Just Kay's like good. Yeah. look at how you know she's her her putting stroke gets a little long and slow. Look at how you know you see it there. This, she's trying to do this with her swing. She's trying to do this. I was like kind of kind of what you want from the FedEx file. Ex- kind of what you want <laughs> just from the broadcast in general. It was awesome. Uh, 
No, it's great. I mean, it's uh, Solly. I, I keep going back to the Solly and Pernilla podcast, but I mean, it it spoke to how cool it would be to get the LPGA playing a golf course that the men play on a very regular basis. Whether that's a women's Masters, I know would always be kind of the the goal for all golf fans, or even like a women's players would be really cool to or just just the U.S. Open when they did it at Pinehurst, right? That, yeah, like that. There's a what, I don't know if it feels like a layup, but like a good use case. Well, of I it. think on that note, I mean, the women going to Pebble Beach in a couple of years will be a yeah. perfect example of that. It's just, it's cool to see other uh, other styles of play playing totally. 12 and playing 13 and playing 15. And it's just, it's really fun. But there's something to be said, though, for the back to back weeks. Women yeah. playing Augusta and the men playing the week after or vice versa. I think that's a, you know, interesting. Yeah, I was trying to work through that in my head a little bit yesterday. Just, you know, what, like, what would be the best. The best compromise for Augusta, right? Where they they say, "Hey, we you know, we realize we want to have the LPGA. We want to have the best best women players in the world come play here. Is that through the USGA with the U.S. Women's Open? Is it through a you know a Solheim Cup? Is it through the God? That would be awesome. It's and it'd be such a great match play yeah. course too. Um, or would it be in like like watching thirteen and fifteen as true risk reward? Just like, match play holes." Like yeah, they're they're yeah. that talk about like par being irrelevant. Like, like that's the whole like, the whole dream. Hey, you have two hundred and ten yards into three or into thirteen, and you hit your your three wood like two hundred and twelve yards. Like, man, that's a that's a decision. Yeah, so right. Yeah. Versus like, all right, am I going to hit a six iron or a seven iron? Right. Yeah. But you know, or is it the KPMG Women's PGA? But I think the thing with those is it, it it's very much Augusta would have to make certain concessions or certain compromises and as would the host organizations because you know with corporate sponsorship or with like they don't want they don't want somebody else running the show at, sure. their, at their club well you right? bring the solheim cup ideas very interesting because it wouldn't be so much recurring right it'd be like it seems like augusta has been doing some new stuff the last three or four years it'd be great if they kind of continued to keep the traditions that are everybody loves and then like yo you don't have to stick to tradition just because yeah, yeah. Right. And, and, a, and a, a tournament where it's like, you know, uh, a international event that's, it, it feels like a, a, um, a good test case. Cause it wouldn't be like, all right, we signed up for this for the next five years. Yeah. I, I just it's like something like fig, yeah. figure something out. And, and that's not like a, no mean it's like a threat of it's, it's like, Hey, like you're on, you're on like <laughs> or else no, like <laughs> DC's coming you, for you. You've you done, have 24 hours. You've done a really, really good thing here. And it's, it's a step in the right direction. And like, I think if you asked any of the members, like all the green jackets that were out there, um, they all seemed to like genuine, like genuinely enjoy it. And it was almost a throwback to the masters of old back in the seventies, eighties, early nineties before it was, you know, before you had Berkman's place and before, you know, there, it was, it was as popular and transcendent as it is now. And um, yeah, it, it would just be, it'd be so cool to see yeah, Nelly Corda or, you know, so Yunru or uh, NB Park, like playing those, it would just be, it would bring, it would, it would elevate the hell out of the women's game. Sure. Basically. Well, good stuff. I know uh, our parents are leaving bright and early tomorrow. Peg's got to get back for a, for a golf lesson tomorrow. She's, she's, she's jacked up, man. So I hope keep working on your game, Peg. Uh, I don't know if she listens to the pod, but <laughs> if she does, we're, we're rooting for you and excited that you're into the game. Good, uh, good week of golf. Good week of golf. Congrats to Jordan. Congrats to Patty Tavitanicket. Congrats to Steven Yeager. Congrats to Steven Yeager winning on the Corn Ferry Tour. Yeah, sixth sixth career win. Probably not the the 
you know, six wins, like the tour you want six wins on. But at the end of the day, six wins is six wins. And it's better not having six wins. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I'd also like to just, just tip my hat to the performance that my friend Harrison and I put on at Jack's Beach. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, gotten y'all's asses 10, what, 10 ways? 10 ways. Could have been 14 Could ways. Could have been 14. On, on made, made, a, made about a five-footer. To God, we played so bad. On the front. We got it. We got our process Yeah, but together. It was like we were already dead by that we, point. We had we the hang. We fiend honestly. I had the hang dog thing going on for a few holes. So did you. But uh, it's TC, pretty, it's we'll be It's pretty damning back. when TC makes two... Two natural birds and wins. TC, you played well. You know what? We, you didn't get off. You didn't get in any trouble off the tee. And when TC's in the fairway, I mean, because I, I had water balls on the first two holes. Well, other than that, but I felt like every time, like on number six, every time I thought you were gonna blow one off the planet, you kind of, I hit. You the, refused to do I that. I hit the irons as good as I'm. I'm entering that final stretch here where like I shit or get off the pot time. Do you I've think got, you're gonna break eighty? I do. I do. Really? Like, I got. I got about. Six seven weeks left playing lefty exclusively. I think I'm going to keep the lefty thing going. I got about six or seven weeks playing lefty exclusively, and I need to get up north, man. I need to get on to like an old school Donald Ross on some rye or bent grass, and because it's just you know skanky half dormant Bermuda down here is just not. That's tough. It. That's a tough recipe. Yeah. Well, there you and have it. Lakes everywhere. Like lakes and bunkers are the only defense here in Florida. Yeah, and what well, wind at Jack's Beach? Kind of put put out there a bunch and just blowing like at least fifteen miles an hour every time. It's just hard. I, DJ, we played yesterday, and it's like I think I'm gonna. I don't know what I'm gonna do when the wind's not blowing. It's right. just like this constant companion. Every time I play golf, it's just windy. So you're going through some swing changes right now too. I am. I am. Uh, but you know what? It's always darkest before the dawn. So we're we're uh, we're gonna stick to the process. Anyway, Solly, I'm sure everybody <laughs> is excited to have you back next week. I know I am. Uh, but thanks, everyone, for for tuning in. Any any parting thoughts, boys? Big stuff. I mean, it's the Masters it's this week. That's going to be exciting. Uh, I almost just asked you guys before. We have on tap this it's, week. Uh, what's, uh, what's sorry, the tournament I kinda, this week? I, maybe I buried the lead. No, no, no. It's, no it's I totally biggie. forgot it was the Masters uh, this week. So we'll have, what, live pod or not live pods, but, you know, live show. After each round, those will be turned into pods. We'll, yes. of course, have the big recap on Sunday night. Got our weekly preview tomorrow. Weekly preview tomorrow. Or Tuesday. Yeah. Um, but that'll be a longer one. Have to get get deep in the picks, do some research tomorrow. For sure. Of course. Congratulations for getting out of the pouch this week. Hell yeah. <laughs> had had to get an air horn in. By the way, I, I forgot to say, like the 14, 15-year-old thing with the drive trip and putt, that's not a bit. Like... <laughs> Well, one guy, they said he, he was a, turning 17 in a week and a half. One a, well, that guy. was, I know. I think a leftover invite. Know, but he it, had a fucking beer, though. You, you know, yeah, had a from beer. New Jersey, kid from, uh, kid from New Jersey. It's disgusting. Day. It's disgusting. Even the announcer's like, yeah, he looks like he could be playing in the Masters next week. Yeah. It's, um, it's ridiculous. Like, it's a great event, but like, let's clean it up a little bit here, guys. And then, yeah, and then no no Symmetra tour this week, which is kind of a bummer. Two well, weeks, I mean, two weeks in a I row think it's no a, Symmetra. And no, we might be preoccupied. Yeah, we'll have like, golf no, plenty, plenty to talk and about. And no this Formula week. One. No, I'm, I, I was talking to DJ about it. I could not be more in the Symmetra tour. That's great. But I'm in on the Masters, too. Like, yeah. They'll, they'll yeah. watch that. Too. I'm excited. I'm excited about this week. We also, uh, the boys might show up on ESPN. Mm, right? Sure. I think uh, some Wednesday? Uh, Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I would say maybe watch me. Maybe watch the Masters preview show on Pre- Wednesday. Yeah, what the ESPN like pre um, preview, and then I think the uh, the uh, pregame or the the yeah. pre round show on Thursday. Okay, 
Maybe so we'll get, see. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe uh, give it a maybe. shot. You know? Maybe give it a shot. We'll see. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that's it. Exciting week. Uh, you'll probably be uh, sick of us by the end of next also, week. So there you go. Randy actually did move. <laughs> he did. Randy is now uh, living um, out west. The man went west. You know, got to got to go find himself. But man, he still works with us. He's still part. Destiny. Still part of the squad. There's no. Uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of people. A lot of concerned citizens. No lawyers involved. We're everything's fine. Saying, hey, why doesn't Randy work for NLU anymore? No, he he does. He's just trying to find himself. Just working. He's working remotely. Yeah. Like, like, like so many of you are. Exactly. Exactly. So, all right. Thanks for listening. Solly, get back here. See y'all. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. Johnny, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect